It's been a little while since we sat in Christina's dining room table and had a something to say episode. And prior to this, I don't think any one of us knew. The last time we came together was for Amaretta. Yes. When she destroyed Atlanta with one click of the Pro Tool. She said, we're going to heed to the perimeter. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she... Put her flag in the sand and decided what it was going to be. And um, it had been a little while since we had an episode. I don't think any of us knew when the next time we were going to convene at this table and talking to these microphones. Not too long ago, about a week ago. About a week ago. About about a week ago. Almost exactly a week ago, as a matter of fact. We had left the screening of our brother Yo's film, Made the Lord Watch. Yes, sir. Documentary. Yes, sir. Little Brother. Yes, sir. And everybody was buzzy, and everybody was feeling good. The documentary is dope. If you haven't go, if you haven't seen it, you, you you'll see it when it comes out for everyone to see. Uh, make sure you do that. But everybody was buzzy. Everybody was feeling good. We went to a bar down the street in Atlanta on Ponce called the Local, and we had chicken wings and alcohol, and we fellowshipped. And on our way out, the I think it was yo. I think I think you it, brought it this me. up. You brought me. this up about when when will be the next time that we'll have one of these, and unbeknownst to us, <laughs> it wouldn't be long before there was a reason. But see, but that was the point, right? We were like, we need a reason. Something, something has to real. happen yeah. for us to sit back down and bring the mics out and discuss, right? It, it's like it's what it's what Jay Z said to Gail King, right? He's like, I don't want to just make a bunch of tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna, if I rap, it has to be important. It has to be about something. Absolutely, right? We're the Jay Z of podcast now. We are <laughs> we coming out of retirement. Such. Simply, to <laughs> simply to tell you what God did. <laughs> tell, you what. tell you what God did. That's all we're here for. But I remember, I remember leaving that night and being like, ah, I'm probably not gonna do another podcast till next year. Like seriously, thinking it would have to be something really big and because the year's ending i'm like there's nothing that's gonna happen between thanksgiving and new year's that's gonna make us do a podcast we weren't coming back for the drake album no <laughs> that, that scary wasn't, hours scary wasn't, hours wasn't gonna bring us back to these it was microphones. not enough for us no. No, 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 no. but then but then because of the screenings we're changing cities like every day or two right. so i'm in la and i wake up and i have text messages that just say Andre, Andre, Andre. Three times. Yeah, I just got all these Andres. It's like Beetlejuice? Yeah. Candyman. Candyman. Candyman, yeah. I'm confused, but something says check your email. I check my email, and I have this, 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 this email that says Andre 3000 solo album. Now, solo album. Uh, Andre solo album. Now, being that we are a hip hop podcast, we all know that everyone has always said that Andre does not have a solo album. Right. This has been the biggest critique against him since Outkast kind of went their separate ways. Because Love Below just doesn't exist. It does not exist, and it's it's a double disc, right? It's yeah, not a, it's not true. packaged as a solo album, <laughs> so it's not a solo release. So the moment I saw that, I was like, I must be dreaming. Like I just must, I must be asleep still. 
I'm not awake. And then I saw our group chat, which is going off. <laughs> our group chat is going off. I'm late to the party, but at this point, both Christina and Ja have been made aware of this this project that came out uh, Friday. But tell me how y'all discovered this this Andre release. I opened my inbox. I saw the same email. And the thing is, it's quoting from an NPR music interview by our friend Rodney Carmichael. What up, Rodney? Shout out, Rodney. And when I saw his name, that's when I knew it was real. Mm-hmm. It could have been anybody fucking else, and I would have been like, I don't believe this shit. Yeah. This doesn't exist. Yeah. But you talk to somebody from here, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, fuck. Not only is this real, but maybe they're doing it right. Rodney Carmichael gave Andre 3000 credibility. Right. <laughs> yo. And, and yo. legitimacy in this world. Yo. Big facts, big facts though, because I mean, I knew I was gonna listen to the interview. I didn't, I didn't care about anything else. I was like, Rodney and Andre, this is just like a dream, right? Didn't we talk about this? We were talking about who would, who should interview Andre three thousand in some distant future. We were tossing out names, and I mentioned Rodney's name, and then I felt like we spoke it into existence almost in a week. In a week. (laughs) So what you're saying is that. We manifested everything about this. Correct. We manifested the album Correct. and the press rollout and everything else. Yeah, Except for exactly. the flu. We're the ones responsible. We, we are the ones responsible for this. <laughs> yes. Thank us. <laughs> Thank us. When you see us in the street, buy us a drink. Please. Shake our hand. Thank us for our service. This is the Something to Say podcast. This is the Something to Say podcast. <laughs> Hold on, John. Did you see the email too, or did you see the group chat first? So I didn't see, I didn't see the group chat. I didn't see the email. I saw it on Twitter. Okay. But Ooh. I didn't see it on Twitter from the standpoint of it's one of those things where I open up Twitter and I see Andre's name trending. Okay. Right? So my first thought was, oh, he must have rapped for, he must have put a verse on somebody's record or something. That was your first thought. That really? was my first thought. Like I didn't think album. I didn't think anything. I was like, oh, he must have. Like I was thinking, who who was about to drop? You're optimistic. Yeah, I I just thought it was another like sighting. Well, he had been doing. I mean, he's done enough like single verses for people that in my mind I was like, oh, my mind started like spinning. Like who was about to drop? Who's coming Mm -hmm. out? Okay, I got you. You know know what I mean? Like who's about to come out? Who would he have given a verse to? Like Travis album came out. He's given Travis a verse before. You know, um, he gave Anderson Pack a verse. I was like, does Anderson Pack have another album? We did out? just come off the Killer Mike album too. So he to gave Killer Mike point. So like he's giving out these verses to where I was like, Oh, he must have just rapped for somebody. I wonder who it is. So at first I wasn't even really that pressed to click on it, but it's something like, let me just see. So I hit it and it's and I same thing, it said solo album. I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck is going on? Everybody relax. Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. Somebody explain to me what the hell is going on. And then I quickly found out, like, as fast as I found out that there was an album coming out, I found out that there was no bars. And I was like, okay. We're literally trying to digest this on the group text together. It was like, first, there's an album. Right. But. But, however, caveat. No lyrics. No lyrics. So I'm like, okay. 
But then to your point, I see the NPR, the NPR link. I see it's Rodney. I was like, oh. So I started reading it. And I'm reading the article, and I'm like, maybe like a quarter away through the article, third with the article. And then, I, and then you said something in the group chat about the pod. And I was like, oh, well, let me just listen to it. Because like, if this mm-hmm. nigga isn't going to rap, at least let me hear him say words. Right. <laughs> That's kind of where I was at. That's kind of where I heard I was you at. say words in a real long time. So like, at least let me hear you say words. Cool. Let me go listen to this. I listened to the NPR, All Songs Considered, and I was like, wow. Okay. But I still wasn't sure what to expect. So, like, my question for you two is that there's no bars. Mm-hmm. We know, like you said, we, he, we've seen these sightings of him playing the flute. What were your expectations, if any, before two days ago or yesterday when this mm-hmm. thing came out? Like, what, what did you expect out of this album that you knew had no bars on it? I thought it was going to be like a jazz album, like, to pin butterfly without the words. That's what I thought. That's where I was at. That's what I thought. That's I thought where I was it was going to be very Afrocentric. And I thought the flute was going to texture other percussions and yeah. other sounds. I right? thought Terrace Martin. Yes, absolutely. Right. I, I thought. I thought Terrace Martin. I thought um, Thundercat. Maybe Thundercat. Yeah, that's a good you know one. I mean? like that, that was what was going on in my mind. Like, okay, this could be cool. I don't think. Okay, you're not going to rap. Fine, that's cool. Yeah. But like, this could be dope. I thought rhythm. I thought it would be rhythmic. Truly yes. thought it'd be like a rhythmic album because he has produced, you know, mm-hmm. like the the stuff that they did with Big Boy. Even the Love Below production is just like jazzy. Did he produce Ben's Friends? I can't tell you. Okay. No, that was um, Organized Noise. Okay, well, oh, okay, okay, that's gotcha. tight. Um, but yeah, so I I thought it would at least feel like Andre's version of something like a Terrace Martin. Mm-hmm. What about you, Christina? I mean, to be fair, he name dropped a whole bunch of folks to like kind of give reference points to where his mind was at. A lot of Coltrane. A lot of Coltrane in both mm-hmm. the John and the Alice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, he name dropped Brian Eno, Pharaoh Sanders, yep. Yep. and like all these disciples of these folks. Like Sarah yeah. Bodisfina uh, has become like a collaborator. And like, honestly, seeing all those names, I felt really predisposed. To like the direction i play brian eno at home i was like cool just like envelop me in a sound bath and let's fucking go but when i do think of flutes i think of um like a lot of top line melodies i think to your point yo where it would feel like we would be a little bit more active and the mm-hmm. and melodies would be a little bit more agile where mm-hmm. it kind of felt like we weren't just sitting still, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was a lot to kind of wrap your mind around all that. Because even then, upon pressing play, I'm like, "There's a disconnect here." I don't know what I was expecting. I guess given all that, I think I thought I knew where he was gonna go, especially since I pay attention to a lot of those folks. But it still kind of like went past any expectation I had. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't trust my gut on this one at all. Yeah. So even when it came to trying to predict the the, the kind of music it would be, I sort of just let myself like quit thinking about it and just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to wait till Friday. I almost wish I didn't play the interview because I want, I really mm. want to go in absolutely blind. But once you start talking about purring like a panther. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of <laughs> yeah. like, well, I don't really know. I have really <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> I just know that there might be a cat on the album. Right. Versus but, like the mask off. 
Exactly. Loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we just thought it was going to be the mascot. And loop. I did kind of want to hope. Damn, that would have been hard. That that. <laughs> Because I think that's the last flute hit in hip hop was Mask Off, if I remember correctly. I think I think that's pretty fair. I if can't... there are more, they have not hit Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they, have, they definitely haven't made it. And no one has remade like Whistle While You Twerk or any of these other songs. Right, right, like, right, the, which, right. I, which I'm actually kind of surprised at because like nowadays the way they're remaking these records I just forget that. six would, more months. So. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Somebody would jump out there. Sexy Red. But um, yeah, I thought the same thing pretty much. The, the first thing I thought was like A Jazz and B Tempo. Yep. Tempo. I thought there was, I thought, I thought Tempo. I thought like, oh, okay, this could be, like you said, it could be Agile melodies, it could be just like some mind blowing instrumentation that still has a rhythm, that still has, you know, percussive. I thought it percolates. It percolates. It percolates. I thought bongos and like woodwind sounds and, you know, cymbals and shakers and like the whole thing. Mm hmm. That ain't really what we got. <laughs> we were thinking jazz lounge, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Jazz yeah. lounge, New Orleans, like walking to a dusty bar, Atlanta and, Jazz and, Fest, Atlanta Jazz yeah. Fest, <laughs> like that type of thing. That is that, that is not what he gave us at all. Where were you, John, when you pressed play for the first time? Okay, so here's the thing about it. Like, I went in saying this is going to be music that I need to hear probably in, like, various places. Mm-hmm. Even though I expected jazz, I did expect some level, like, at least of the eight songs, I expected at least a couple of them to be slow, vibey, you know, maybe uh, whimsical in some kind of way, right? So I was like, maybe I need to hear this in various places that are calm, that are peaceful, that put me in the right mindset, or at least where I need this to be. Okay. Which kind of, in retrospect, kind of maybe influenced like where I landed on the album. I've only listened to it through and through twice. Okay. So I'll say that. Okay. But the first place I listened, the first thing I said to myself was, I need to listen to this album in Atlanta traffic. Ooh. <laughs> like. Ooh. I'm in a stressful environment. Uh huh. All I'm looking at is brake lights. Uh huh. You have no idea why there's traffic in this city. Most of the time, it's for bullshit reasons. Like it's not like there's a huge accident or a huge pileup. It's just people it's just driving scary. slow, or someone's getting a ticket and everyone has to stop they and drive. They never fucking to know what lane they need to be in to be get in, off to, on to, twenty. To, to, to get off, to get off never. on twenty. Never. How there's dare this they? there's this cat and mouse game of where do I get off. So it's like, all right, let me listen to this in Atlanta traffic where it's stressful, and let me see how it makes me feel. In this environment that normally gives me anxiety, it makes me say like bad things about people's grandmothers. I talk bad about y'all on the road. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. Like if you're outside and you're driving terribly, I'm saying mean, mean things about you and your family. But I digress. I wanted to see if Andre's album could like purge this devil from me in, in traffic. And I was kind of in a trance. Like it 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 kind of just took me and I was kind of zoned out and it, 
I didn't say anything mean about anybody's Mima. So that's a win. That's okay. a win. That's okay. a win. Um, I listened to part of it. And this is in no particular order that I was like purposely necessarily like trying for these places. It was just this is kind of how it happened. Okay. I listened to it in the shower. Okay. Okay. You're taking a shower, it's warm water, you're kind of just you're already in kind of this ethereal kind of state. And let me see how this feels. And I was like, okay. I think when it comes down to it. I don't, this isn't, for me, I think what I've decided is that this isn't music that I have to either like like or dislike. I think this is functional music. It's mm-hmm. functional? In the sta- from the standpoint of like, this is what this music will provide for me. Mm-hmm. This is what I'll get out of it. I'll use this music in spaces where I need to use this music. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily just, let me throw on my favorite song. I hear that. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. This is a jam. I want to hear this jam. Because I don't think there's any songs on here that are like, jamming in that kind of way where it's like I need to hear this all the time Mm -hmm. but I definitely think there are times where I'm going to need this album Hmm. to just be still or just find a different uh, space maybe the first time you do Ayahuasca probably Ah. the the first time I do Ayahuasca (laughs) this album might be playing okay but for me I think that's what I landed on that this will be a function album for me this won't necessarily be like I throw this on to like have fun or to like just Mm. listen to music Mm-hmm. I, will, I will use this music as a tool when it's time for me. It also sounds use. like getting back to yourself in a sense. Like, Grounding. Yeah. Oh. What about man. you, Christina? I kind of got the opposite. Okay. Which is interesting. Because a lot of the folks he name checked, like, I was thinking about Laraji and Brian Eno specifically, where, like, the music in itself is very still, but there's still, like, rhythm as means to kind of, like, create structure in times of chaos. Like the way the music functions for me, it's almost like a reminder to breathe, just like ground yourself in like the passing of time. Something about this album felt very chaotic to me, not in those first two songs, but in particular when he becomes like a Black Panther and like discovers ayahuasca, you have like those real like ominous tones. And I'm playing mm-hmm. this album like first thing in the morning on Friday. Keep in mind, I guess like the situation, if you will, mm-hmm. is that um, we're getting ready to like start our day. What time is it? Like eight, seven a.m., eight a.m. Seven a.m., eight a.m. Mm-hmm. And um, and now our morning routine is a little bit different because we've adopted a cat that we got from the a sa- killer from the streets of Southwest Atlanta <laughs> named John Wick. So we're having to tend to his food, tend to the litter box, all that stuff. And like I'm noticing that this album's giving him the zoomies, and I'm like, is it tapping into something really primal in him? The way it's tapping into something primal mm. in Andre Three Thousand. Like I'm hearing all the discordant sounds versus like what feels to me like a steady grounding rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like I think the way the woodwinds sort of function, it's like Andre 3000, like wandering, but like very aimlessly versus being the main protagonist, being Link and Zelda or something. Mm-hmm. So the first time I'm hearing this album, I'm like, this is chaos. I was like, what is going <laughs> on? I don't know what the story is. And especially when you get to that track where it's like, it has a uh, Gandhi and Dahmer in it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is a little dark from the morning. I don't know. <laughs> the coffee's hitting a little bit differently. So the first time around, I feel like I was still trying to make sense of it. I was like, what place does this have in my life? Because because the middle of it felt too chaotic for the garden. 
right? <laughs> but it's not um friendly enough to like play in like polite company. Like if I was to have people over, I would play like MF Doom beats or something. Yeah. Or like there, when it comes to jazz, there's so many other folks that I would like turn to first is means to like welcome folks in as opposed to this album. But then we saw the screening, which is a little bit different. So that was my first impression of it. Okay. That's that's fair. I missed the screening. I'm kind of sorry about that. I want to come back to the screening. Uh, But for me, I had had a flight back to Atlanta from North Carolina. So that flight's like an hour 30. And the album's like an hour 30. So Mm -hmm. I said, I want to play it from takeoff to landing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took me from takeoff to land. That's a hell of a way to listen to this album on that particular flight. When you got nothing to do. Nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have Ooh. nothing to do. Did you have a window seat? I did. Ooh. Did you look out the window? I did. You... Okay. And it was kind of like, okay. and this is a night flight as well. So oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it was black. Like, it was just that little light from the, from the, from the wing mm-hmm. flashing. And I thought about how vast the album felt to me. Like, it just felt like this endless pool of sounds um but for me like i fell asleep like on like the second track these are long songs for the record if you haven't heard this album the first track is like what nine ten minutes yeah something like it's that. it's eight songs over the course of 90 minutes and that, right. right so you're averaging like what what is that 11 minutes per sure yeah i don't do math <laughs> <laughs> i don't do math so I'm kind of taking it in and i'm trying to figure out like what's going on right i'm trying to figure out how I feel, but I'm also, again, I'm off the ground. So there's this sense of like levitation and the music felt weightless. It wasn't, I didn't find it to be heavy at all. And then the lack of an actual voice also kept it from making me like know what I'm supposed to feel. I kept wondering how is this song supposed to make me feel? Mm. What should I be thinking about right now? Other than like the actual experience itself is so intrinsically like meditative like you mm-hmm. just, you're kind of like in a trance like josh said did you reference the song titles at all as you were going no along? i just played uh, it i just played it i just listened until you start purring like a cat i knew where i was <laughs> <laughs> i knew where i was that part jumped off i knew it. i was like i'm in hawaii um but other than that i was just kind of allowing it to play and trying to decide if i if I felt great about it. I remember thinking like, this sounds green. I felt like I saw like a mm, lot of green. Yes. I felt like I saw a lot of like wilderness and trees and I, f- not like quite the jungle, but again, like Atlanta, Atlanta's a city of trees. So, yes. you know, I felt like I knew I wasn't in New York. I also felt like I was telling this to Christina earlier, John, like this felt like so old. This music comes from a time before there was cars. Like, it just felt like these are just people walking the earth, feet on grass. Like, if there is a there is a primitive mm-hmm. element to this album. That's why we were Tribal. playing ancient Korean folk music before you came in. Because we, exactly tra- we were literally trying to, trying to place this in a past century. We were yeah. like, yeah. what is the reference music point here? Like the 1400s. But it's interesting that you said you saw color because mm. I didn't see any color. No, really. What I saw was... Um, Pencil sketches. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I, I saw like, uh, like just white paper, pencil, and everything that I saw in listening to it wasn't necessarily like defined 
shapes. Yeah, it was so loose. It was it was very loose. The music mm-hmm. is very amorphous. Yeah, it's oh yeah, it's just always moving around. It just it reminds me of like when you took I guess biology or physical science maybe mm-hmm. in like high school and they show you like this is a cell. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this is uh-huh. the nucleus, and these are the mitochondria, and these are all these parts of a cell. Yeah. And this is just like this blob yeah. of matter. It's like it's very just fluid. Fluid and just kind of moving around and going through its paces. But um But I also found the tape to be very still. I think you mm-hmm. kind of referenced that a second ago, Christina, about how it doesn't necessarily like move. Yeah. It, it's so still. So that kind of threw me off, too, because I'm like, well, wait, am I supposed to be the one moving? Am I supposed to add the movement to this album? Mm-hmm. So when I did a walk this morning, it felt good. Walking mm. around, being around the trees, watching the leaves fall, seeing the different colors on the trees. I was like, oh, this might be a fall album for real, because every song does have its own tone. They're not tonally the same. But I kept trying to figure out how am I as a listener supposed to insert myself into this music mm-hmm. if it doesn't necessarily tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. There's no like vocal um, intention at all. Yeah, there's no instruction based Zero. off of the, the, the cadence of a vocal to tell you kind of where you're supposed to go. What do I do with my hands? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> all right. But yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. I think there's a track where someone, like you can hear breathing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay. I think that I'm, was near the end, if I remember correctly. I'm supposed to breathe. That this is inhale, exhale type beat. But other than that, I could not find like the why for this album. Like, why is it structured like this? Why does it sound like this? And it's not just a flute album because I think obviously Andre's pressure run is about how the flutes have played such a big part in his development. Mm-hmm. But like, there's all these other elements to it. Right. That I just feel like you don't really hear about in the press run. Not until you play the album do you hear. There is percussion, but it's not rhythmic, really. That was the other thing, too. It was like, I think our impression of Andre 3000 over the past couple years has been the Where's Waldo, like just watching Andre 3000 be a nomad with his goddamn flu. And Mm -hmm. maybe the expectation of the album is like we were going to hear that almost like solo journey. But mm-hmm. because of how um, he has all these other collaborators like Carlos Nino, like around him, it cr- like it envelops you in that sound, and and so like, um, in that way, it felt like almost like an ensemble. And it, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see him reference the dungeon with like that last track too, because it was kind of the same thing. We're looking at Outcast, we're looking at Outcast and Big Boy, but really like the story of Outcast is Andre, Big Boy organized noise yep. dungeon family yep. is about a whole collective and to your point yo it feels like the album's kind of the same way where he mm-hmm. just found another collective in which to explore these sounds right i do want to say this is interesting story when i first saw andre with the flute it took me back to a myth that i read about a couple years ago about uh the emperor nero who was over Rome and the story is that when Rome was burning he was outside playing the fiddle and people were just like your emperor and this is like the worst kind of emperor the worst kind of guy you mean he wasn't doing his job or what Nero's approval rating was pretty fucking low pretty low (laughs) but as 70% of your country is burning you're playing the fiddle and I always thought that was like a metaphor for like when an empire falls, there'll be somebody with a wind instrument playing the tune. So when I first saw Andre, 
and I think it was right before COVID hit, I was like, oh, this must represent, he must be our emperor playing the fiddle. That's what I, I always thought when I first saw That's him. That's interesting. So Ooh. I never was able to put it together because I never really heard him play. But I was like, I always thought that that myth and seeing him with that foot during the time that we saw him was so significant. So now when I heard this album, I was like, I wonder, does this also represent like like an end of times kind of thing and the beginning of like a new era? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's and, but the, that's what he spoke about, right? He mm-hmm. talked about New Blue Moon in the uh, in the talk with Rodney. I'm sorry, New Blue Sun. Mm-hmm. What happens when the sun burns out? Like it's mm-hmm. a star, like right. all other stars. And, and when the sun stops producing, that's going to be the end of all life. Not just us. We're talking about pretty right. much every living thing that needs the warmth of the sun to keep going. That will be the end of that. And there'll be something else. Yeah, I don't know how you got blue. Why? Listen, this, why we blue? were talking yeah. about this too. Like this album doesn't feel blue to me. We were like, what albums do feel blue, right? Mm. We thought about Channel Orange, Frank Ocean. It's not an orange album. Uh, People who say that uh, the album is orange <laughs> are simps <laughs> who don't think for themselves. <laughs> but this did not feel like a blue album, and that was so interesting too. It became all the more apparent when we went to uh, this screening last night. So for those who don't know, in a couple cities, right, they just had movie times. For New Blue Sun listening. I knew no other context besides that. I just knew I was paying $18 out of pocket to go sit in a theater seat and figure mm-hmm. out what the hell I was seeing. And, and this was at the Terra? This uh, was at the Terra. Okay. Yeah. Was it packed? Um, so they ended up adding a screening. The first one, I think, was sold out. This was about, like I would say, 80% full. Okay. okay. To be fair. So pretty close. Um, he's standing in front of a blue backdrop the entire time. But the entire time I kept thinking, like, this ain't a blue album. Where's the sun? He, sh- he showed up? Um, No. Okay. okay. So this is what you're looking at. Yeah, I need, I need the visual of what this thing is. Okay. So you're seeing, you're seeing a blue backdrop. Okay. There's a candle and, like, right in front of the camera. And then Andre 3000 walks up in his usual uniform. So the overalls and all that. The seer sucker. Yes. Uh-huh. He addresses us. He's like, hey, thank you all so much for coming. You know, and, you know, just wanting to listen to this with us. Let's let it ride and let the music go. And um, at first, like for the first couple songs, <laughs> he blows out the candle. He relights the candle. And then he, you notice that in his overalls, there's another pocket, like a bib, essentially, that like buttons up. Okay. Right? And that's like his treasure trove of stuff. You realize that there's like figurines in this pocket at first like as he's listening he's like doing the usual he's just like he's like looking up like out of the screen he's like taking it in he's like lying down he's sitting back up and then as the album progresses he's starting to do yoga poses right he's starting to do yoga poses all these other props come up uh i think in the gq video he had a, a rubber ducky but like, okay. like uh, with okay. the headdress yeah. of the pharaoh, mm-hmm. he pulled that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, by the Panther song, we're going to call it the Panther song. The Panther, yeah, the Panther song. <laughs> well, the, the way people are going to choose to describe the songs they're talking about <laughs> is going to be hilarious. So by the Panther song, Andre takes his hands and he folds in his fingers like this as if he was like, like pulling like, in like, his claws. Like, paw, like a paw of a cat. Correct. Correct. He folds in his knuckles, right? 
And then somewhere out the frame, he pulls out another pair of sneakers. Keep in mind, he's already wearing J's. Okay. So another pair of sneakers come out. There are Jordan 5s on the album cover. I noticed that this morning. I didn't right. see that It before, might have been the same pair of shoes. Okay. Black? He, no. Okay. 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 He takes his paws, puts them in the second pair of shoes, <laughs> and starts to walk around on all four sneakers in front of this blue black drop. And that ayahuasca had him gone. Boy. Gone. Gone. <laughs> gone. Okay. There was a part where he takes off his original J's and then he unties them. And then you think he's going to retie the laces as usual. But no. He, like Mike said it, he like kind of acts like a marionette where he like sort of like dangles the, the shoelaces from the tips. Just kind of lets them wave a little bit. Well, the sneaker is kind of a puppet. Yes. And then after a while, he's like, oh, wait, so that's how you tie a knot. And then he like finally goes through the motions of like tying a knot. <laughs> there, was a, there was a yellow traffic cone at one point that he pulls out. And he he's starts, just pulling these things from off the screen. Off the screen, <laughs> out the bib. You're like, where's this coming? At one point, he like hangs from the ceiling, and you're like, you don't see what he's hanging from. I was gonna say, what is he holding on to? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So like, you're, and like, this is. I mean, for Mike, this is a hell of a way to listen to the album for the first time, because at least I have a reference point. So Mike, that was your first time hearing it was in this experience. Very, very purposefully. Once Christina clued me in that the the screening was happening, I was like, okay, I don't want to listen to it like by itself. I want to get the full experience of right. like the movie theater and no uh, spoilers and the music at the same time. Yeah. And what do you think? And I feel like it, it's the anecdote about the two people I, we saw. You, after you had the, to tell after, them after, tell after the. All right. So <laughs> immediately after the film, people are getting up, starting to exit the theater. There's a couple next to us, a, a man and a woman. Mm. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye throughout the whole thing, they're on their phones the whole time. Like maybe they're listening, but she's like checking Instagram, whatever. Like, so these people were like on their phone the whole time. So as soon as they like stand up, get ready to walk away, the woman goes, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> like, so I was like, all right, that's what, you know, you just like watch Andre like roll around on the floor for 90 minutes to this like weird ambient music. Like, I understand that reaction. And so, but so, so then I'm like looking around, I'm like trying to catch the vibe, like see how people and other people in the theater are acting. And there were two dudes behind us and they were like finishing up some conversation. I think the one dude, he didn't like the film or he thought it was okay. And so then this other dude, he like throws his hands down. He's like, man, let this black man be creative. And so we're like, okay, these are the two reactions. This, this is, right, right, yeah. And yeah. That, that tracks. I could see that honestly being just like, that I think is. that's the range of emotions that this, this album is going to inspire in people. Yeah. I dig that though. I dig that though. Like I don't. Again, for me, this isn't an album that you can. I mean, you can like it or dislike it. Everyone can do whatever they want to do. But for me, this isn't really music to like or dislike. That's interesting. It just. And I know that sounds probably like a cop out to some people. Like, no, you have to love it or you have to hate it or you have to come somewhere on this thing. But to me, the album doesn't represent itself in that kind of way. It doesn't represent itself as. Like when you hear modern music, um, specifically with lyrics, obviously, but like when you hear modern music, I feel like the intent is for you to like enjoy it on on a, either a conscious or or subconscious level. Mm -hmm. 
uh, maybe a melody gets stuck in your head. Maybe mm-hmm. a part of the song gets stuck in your head. Maybe, but the idea is that I put this song out so that you can jam out, so that you can party, so that you can feel good, so right. that you can do whatever you're gonna do. It's but supposed to kind of inspire. It's, a it's feeling, supposed to inspire an action. Yeah, and I just feel like this album isn't that. It, mm. I, it, I think you can make it whatever you want it to be, and. Again, I see it as like a functional tool. Like this app, like he should, I know he's doing press now and he, it seems like he's taking it seriously, which I also want to say, just bring up real quick. This album came out on Epic Records. I saw that. This Can't is not it. some like weird indie, like ah, Andre's right. just He could have dropped it on Bandcamp and I wouldn't have blinked an eye. No. Or, or anywhere. This came out on Epic Records, which means he turned this into a label of people and they heard it. Executives heard it mm-hmm. and said, Okay, Andre. <laughs> Literally, that's I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I was joking with my dad. I was like, there's an intern in there that was probably like, what the what fuck? What the fuck? And they're like, bro, that's <laughs> Andre 3000. <laughs> yeah. If you don't respect him. That man can do whatever he wants to do. That's what I'm saying. But I find it so funny how you do turn this into a major label that has a history. Y'all have history. But you also haven't done anything for years. Right. The, I'm pretty sure someone hit him like, hey, I'm just bring an album in tomorrow. And they were probably geeked. Like, I can't. Okay. this We've been waiting for this day. He comes in with this flute. He plays this album. And then, so what y'all think? I, there isn't an amount of money that <laughs> I could say that I would pay to be a fly on the wall when the brass at Epic Records... Heard this album in some type of conference room, right? And yeah. you know, like, and this is in a year. Just to give it more context, this is in a year where the conversation for the past two, three months is about how hip hop is eroding mm-hmm. and how rap music is down x amount of percent right. from previous years, and sales yep. aren't there. And these yep. artists aren't viable artists for any type of. And it's the year hip hop turns fifty. Right, the same year that hip hop turns fifty years mm-hmm. old. And Andre 3000, one of the most revered rappers of multiple generations at this point. A default top five. A a A default default top five where it's almost like this is a boring answer to put Andre in With the only asterisk is that he does not have a solo rap album. He does not have a solo rap album and and hasn't put out any long body of work in almost two decades. And this is what he turns into a major label and they put it out. I don't know when he gave it to them, but it feels like instantly. Mm-hmm. It feels like they haven't been sitting on this album for two years. Mm-hmm. It feels like, like two weeks. They had to stand for two it weeks. Feels like, well, the only, I know it's a little bit longer than that. I was told by a person who I won't name that he heard about this album four months ago. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he, and he heard that there wasn't going to be any, yeah. right, there wasn't going to be any rapping on it. He knew this four months ago. Okay. So even saying that though, let's say the label got it in June or July, wow. right? Or, mm-hmm. or, so, and they put it out. And this isn't to like give them props necessarily, but it's just like at this point they could, even though Andre is who he is, yeah. a major label could have told Andre to go fuck himself. Yeah, yeah. Take this shit to Empire or take this shit to some fucking <laughs> that, little indie yeah, outfit yeah, where you right? can yeah. just put this shit out. Like, don't come to us with that. A, I don't know what his contractual obligation is. Right, but. To me, even if he's still contractually obligated to Epic, the fact that they let him do this. They didn't have to do the screenings. They didn't have to do the vinyl. None of that. 
And I don't know if this album is going to sell. Yeah, I've been, I've been wondering. I mean, there's enough conversation, but even the early Twitter reactions was kind of based off the illusions of what this album could be, mm-hmm. right? All the memes was based off the jokes of what this album could sound like, but now we have to kind of grapple with the actual sound. Right. I don't know how many people might have came back to it after the first listen or how many people actually got through the whole thing. That first song is a long song. Yeah, it is. So That's actually my favorite song, though. I think it's mine, too. Really? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. The chords. What's the fourth track? Uh, the fourth track is the Beyonce song. 93 Till Infinity and Beyonce. Beyonce. This is a fun album to talk about, the <laughs> titles. No, actually, no. The fourth track is uh, Bipolar Disorder's Daughter Wears 3,000... Embroidered. I feel like I had feelings for that one. That was the really? one. I had feelings for that one. I cannot recall exactly why. Because I kept trying to figure out how I felt about the songs, but they're so long, you feel like you, your mind changes because you find little pockets like, oh, I like this piece. I like this thing. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, here. but mm-hmm. then it moves into this other other part of the song, this other pocket. It's like a house that you can't really go through all the rooms. You're just kind of like, or maybe a museum where every every room has a different set of paintings and you're like well I like these but why what's the abstract ones over there like- is it MC Escher who's the artist with the steps and it's MC Escher right and it's like you know it's a house that you can't even like really navigate at all <laughs> right like you're walking up you're walking down you left and right and like where the fuck am and I and you like parts of it and, mm. I, and I think I enjoyed it as a whole because I like the idea of it I like the idea right. of this person saying I'm going to take me expressing myself this way to a major label, tell people it's no bars. I wish he did no promo. I wish he didn't have any kind of warning sign. Just get, I wanted the chaos. I wanted. There would have been pitchforks on I Twitter. Know. I know. If, he's, if they if they said solo album and and gave no preface about nothing and just put it yeah, out yeah. at midnight, oh, oh, I think he was man. talking about how he felt like he had to. Like his initial instinct was to be like, no, just fucking drop it. But then he realized, like, it's like, no, if I'm proud of this shit, I'm gonna have to sell it and stand behind it. And I'm glad he did, but I just wanted the chaotic aspect <laughs> of like that's so, the Gemini like, in us, yo. Walking into something blind, no, he's the Gemini. <laughs> this is the most Gemini thing I've heard anyone do all year right like how kendrick says i'm an old school gemini like Mm -hmm. andre might have been the first gemini like oh my god canon gemini he really might be the old testament gemini uh, old (laughs) (laughs) this is a biblical album like he really went back to bc with this flute (laughs) seriously i i I could see adam and eve right i could see the garden of eden I mean, well, well, that's the thing. Like most of this album, the only thing I could think about was video games mm-hmm. and Ooh. Um, movie scores. Yes, Ooh. like that's yes. What I, constantly through every single song. I, it always came back to like, this would be amazing in a video game, right? Yeah, or this would be amazing underlie to some Oscar-worthy cinematic shot. Yeah. Of something, you know, it's just like it just kept taking me back to that place over and over again. Yeah. And it was one that. of these songs on here, I forget which one it was, that reminded me of RZA. Mm. Ooh. There was like a Wu Tangish element. It might have I don't know if it was the Gandhi Dalai Lama record or that one has a darker overtone. Yeah, it's like sure. a darker, a darker overtone. It was either yeah. that one or maybe it was uh the Ants to You, Guys to Who. I don't mm. remember which one it was because it mm-hmm. obviously it kind of all runs together. Yeah. But there was like a Rizzo Wu Tangish element that made me feel like I can relate to this part of it. 
Mm-hmm. This piece, this piece, I can uh-huh. relate to in some kind of. You way. found some hip hop in it. I did find some. I, I definitely did find some hip hop in it. I'll be interested to see if anyone actually samples any of this. Yo, ever. I mean, there's definitely a lot to sample from, and like we were talking about this before we got on the mic because of the lack of drums or pockets mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an open invitation to loop. To whatever. do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Create another mask off, mm-hmm. if you will. But until then, it's kind of like this ultimate exercise in patience, both in how mm-hmm. the album paces, but then also, because this is Andre fucking 3000, yeah. being like, I'm not going to say a goddamn thing. Not, nope. not a word. I like the idea that somebody's going to sample this and he don't get a number one. Yeah, off, off right. the off the flip, you know, he's going to sell a million copies. This is going to be a something. TikTok challenge. Someone's what would Metro rap do? To this what album. would Metro do? Mm. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what record a Metro boom would touch. It be would be real crazy if they just don't clear none of the samples. We want this untouched. No, this is what it has unstepped to be. on. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. another way that Andre could have released this. He could have not released this on a label and then given producers like free reign to do mm-hmm. what the fuck ever. But yeah. Epic Records is not going to allow oh, that. Epic yeah, will no. hit you over the head with the sample clearance. Mm-hmm. They only well, I don't think they had to clear any samples for this album, so maybe it was cost effective. He, I mean, he, the way he talked about it, like it was all improvised. Right, yeah. right, right. So it sounds like this is all original music. So, I mean, the the cost of making this album should have been minimal at best. Right. The cost um, of the flute. Yeah, whatever the flute. He said he has a lot of flutes. He did say he has a lot. Of he, has, he has a flute maker. Yeah. And he has a flute maker. Right. Well, I, I'd like to see an interview with the flute maker. Yeah. To Can see what he They're on Instagram. Are they? Yeah. I'm going to find. I need to. Yeah. Show me. When we get off, let me show you. They're Quetzalcoatl flutes. That's specifically. Good, that's good journalism right there, Ja. Go to the flute maker. So many people lined up to talk to Andre. Now, yeah. talk to the flute maker. Oh, yeah. I, so, I like that. So here's my question How far do you think he goes with this album? Mm. And I don't mean, and I'll, I'll specify what I mean by that. Obviously, he put this all out at one time. This isn't the type of album where there's a quote unquote single. Right. Well, first of all, I'll shout out all the people who got a piece of this press run, right, that I know of, because we talked about Rodney. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the GQ video yet, but GQ got a piece. Yeah. I saw that Passion Weiss. Oh, Jeff Weiss? Jeff yeah. Weiss got a chance to speak to him and, and did a... I haven't read his piece yet either. Our friend Marcus wrote the album bio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, nah, Jonah's going to go crazy right now. Right. Shout out to Jeff. <laughs> I didn't know Jeff got an interview. That's crazy. I just saw the link last night before I went to bed. Our faves are I, I getting a check. It, and I was Incredible. like, okay, I'm going to read this tomorrow. Incredible. Um, yeah. So I, I see the people are getting a piece of that, which is dope. But what happens now? He's done these visuals. He's done these, you know, these screenings. Is that... The end of it, do you think there's more? Is there space for more? Like, what? Because in my mind, like, the Calm app should, like, eat this shit up. Like, <laughs> there should be commercials with LeBron James listening to Andre 3000's flute album for the Calm app. But, like, is, is he Because da- if Harry Styles does a sleek cast, then fuck it. You're right. That's, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, it, is is this an album that has legs? Is this an album that he can continue to like give us parts of going into next year? Or is it just, this is the body work, listen to it, I did my interviews, I did the screening, and then 
whatever happens after that happens after that, but there is no more content built around this piece of work. Well, I know he can't go back to the laundromat. Because now we recognize you. Like once you put For your sure. face out there, you're back. Being also, like it's a in the celebrity. GQ video. I know. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like you thought you were washing clothes before. This is not happening. So <laughs> I think yeah. if his life has to be kind of like changed because of the album, I feel like he will commit to the project. Okay. If he's doing all of this press, I think there will be a commitment to the album. Now, what that commitment looks like, I don't know. Because I was wondering if we'll. If this is now like a new career arc for him that we're about to get a flute album every six months where you mm. look at his album music or you look at his page and there'll be all of these albums right. that are sonically like this. That's what I was thinking earlier. Like, okay, this might end up becoming a series, but... He sounded very serious about it. He sounded like this wasn't like a one-off. No. This is how he's This living. is like a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if Epic signed him to three albums of this. Of like, this, right? Right. I wouldn't be surprised. I was also wondering, like a tour, will we get like an Andre? Those are the things, right? That's what I'm talking room. about. Is he going to yes. be at Atlanta Jazz Fest? Come on, or is we- he going to show up at iDrum? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Who knows? So, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to imagine about the more marketable side of it because mm. I haven't seen anyone really market an ambient album like this in a popular culture kind of way, right? Um, like you said, LeBron James and. Like the Calm app, like it's a, an amazing combination because LeBron can't get the lyrics wrong. But, <laughs> but also, he's got to get out the car. Come on, right? And he has to get out the back of the Maybach. You know, and actually like, be somewhere this else. This is some cool character shit, but I, I don't know, I don't know how you pull that off. Like, could he do? Like, could he go to the high? Yeah, he could. Yeah, and could like and, and Atlanta would flood the high. If you told me that music. Andre the Dogs were gonna show up, it'd and be like do that one video where they're playing "Walk a Flock of Hard in the Paint" and like the whole art crowd on the Friday. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but like, what do you think, Christina? Is this something that has legs? Do you think there's more that can be pulled from this album from a content standpoint or from an editorial standpoint? From a content standpoint, I have no fucking clue. I have a tour no, would be interesting to some degree. I have no fucking clue. A tour could be really fun. But I do think that beyond the commerce, mm-hmm. which I know Epic Records is going to very much consider. And that's the only reason I'm asking yeah. is because yeah. I wouldn't even ask this question if it wasn't for the fact that this came out on a major right. label. Right. 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 So right. Like that means there's the, financially they want to see something back from this. With the way the music industry is right now, especially looking at hip-hop's dipping commercial success in the year of hip-hop's 50th anniversary. I could see why people would be concerned with that. But also, I'm just thinking about, in the longer term, how this like molds and shapes the conversations about hip-hop's future like going forward. Like, mm-hmm. um, There was that part in the NPR interview where he's talking about bringing the album to Tyler and then Frank ocean shows up Mm -hmm. tyler the creator was telling andre like we need people like you to help show us what we do when we get to be 48 Mm -hmm. what the heck do we do from here and then in the meantime it i feel like maybe it's gonna give the genre license to just pull these fuck it moves these moves Mm -hmm. where you know you develop a niche for yourself develop like a calling card but then just say fuck it 
because mm-hmm. you can, because you're human, and not have that be beholden to commercial expectations. Right. I think that's probably going to be like the album's greatest legacy. It's certainly why, even in times when I feel like I don't fully relate to like what's happening it's like the symbolic gesture of it all. Mm-hmm. It's about the idea mm-hmm. that like at 48, you're still discovering shit you fucking like and right. ways that you can move differently. Yeah, That's why I think I'm going to look back at this time is because as somebody who's trying to navigate how I fit in, in life, in the genre, whatever, there is now like a role model or an example to show that you don't have to continue taking the beaten path. Yeah. Right. I thought that was so crazy to be at an age where you're just, you're kind of looked at as a person that knows everything and that everything that you do, that's your expertise. If you don't know how to swim by 35, you probably not jumping in the pool to learn. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, no, why would I, why would I learn to do that? Like, for what reason? My life's over already. Facts, right? At 35, <laughs> you're already thinking like, I'm not doing that. I'm doing everything that I know how to do and do well. And it's so interesting trying to figure out, to Josh's point about like not thinking about this, is this good or is this bad? Because how can you have a critical ear for someone that is just enjoying themselves? Like, right. Andre's not playing right. this trying to be the avant-garde flute player for the next generation. He might become that, but I don't think that was the intention. Nor do I think he felt like this is going to be like his second coming for his artistry, right? Like, I don't think he's thinking mm-hmm. about like, oh yeah, I'm Andre 3000, the outcast rapper. This I'm now I'm about to be Andre 3000, the greatest flute player that ever lived. Like I just don't right. think these are the intentions behind this music. I really think he enjoys expressing himself through this flute. So to Christina's point at 32 for me, I'm trying to do everything I'm good at. I'm not trying to pick mm. up something that I'm not good at and then put that in front of people. Right. What, like That's just so crazy to think that in such an opinionated time, he's that fearless. That, I mean, this, to a certain extent, this is kind of like Michael Jordan playing baseball. I've been thinking about that, too. <laughs> this is his baseball. This is kind of like this his, is his, this baseball. Is his, this is his baseball card. Like. Absolutely. And I think, man, anyone that has ever excelled at a sport to go play another one that you're not naturally have the same skill set like basketball is a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Baseball, you got to swing a bat at this tiny ball. That's and going hit 100 that. miles an hour. Come on. <laughs> it is not the same sport. No. It's not the same sport. And I, I I had a conversation with somebody recently about what if Michael Jordan never went back to basketball? What if he simply played baseball? Because I don't think he actually played baseball long enough to to be as good at it as he was at basketball. When, weren't they yeah, saying no. that on the last dance that like he was finally starting to get in his rhythm and then he went back to basketball instead? Yeah, Maybe I'm he, misremembering. Well, he, he his, his playing in minor league baseball, he wasn't like a great baseball player, or he wasn't a baseball player that showed like great promise. Promise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He showed, I guess, a, a certain level of. Proficiency. He knew yeah. how to play baseball. He athleticism knew how to, was there. Athleticism was there. He knew how to swing the bat. I think, but I think he wasn't the Jordan of baseball. No, he no. Was, he he wasn't even. Yeah, he wasn't even a prospect that could really that a major league club would be like. Oh, we're gonna call this guy up because maybe he could help us on this real stage yep. of baseball. Mm-hmm. I want to say his batting average was like two thirty something. Yeah. Which essentially would have him in the major leagues would have him you know yeah. near the bottom or the bottom at least the bottom half of the league of like, okay, this guy isn't a great hitter. He's probably gonna strike out a lot. Mm. But I wondered because 
he comes into the league, the NBA, obviously a promising prospect as well. Mm-hmm. But he gets better every season. Correct. Because I think he's competitive like yeah. that. And I always wondered if he just eliminated the idea of going back to play basketball. What would have happened? Could his growth in baseball been based around how much he was determined to, to be a great... To make it happen? Yeah, because I think when you always can go back to your plan A, you don't necessarily have to love your plan B the same or have the same dedication or determination. That's true. But that's why I kind of like Andre being like, I'm not rapping right now. Because right. if I can just go back to rap, then maybe I don't take this flute as seriously. The most viral part of this album so far has been the clip of him talking about being 48 years old and basically like not having anything to rap about. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of want to get both of your takes on that particular part. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like for me, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, not because he like has to agree with me or this isn't from like an entitled fan perspective mm-hmm. of like, oh, I love you rapping. Like you don't want to rap no more. Like, fuck you, nigga. Like it's not that type of thing. <laughs> uh-huh. But in the whole context of like this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop, rap sales are down, rap hit records are down, people have heavy critiques of these current batch of artists and their viability, legitimacy, uh, artistic integrity, what have you. But we're also in the same place where we're seeing older rappers, including Andre, who still rap. You're still seeing Jay-Z give you a verse here and there. You just watch Nas run through six albums in two years or three years of some of the most incredible material of his career, skill-wise and just output of production-wise, the amount of work he was able to accomplish. Being that prolific. Being that prolific in that amount of time at this age, at this point in his career. I think the reason it kind of rubbed me the wrong way is like when he says I have nothing to rap about, it's like, well, you 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 wake up every day, don't you? Mm-hmm. Like, you're alive, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Mm. So how is there nothing to talk about? I just didn't understand. Yeah. And I get that every artist doesn't want to talk about the same things and maybe he needs... So I'm, le- I'm leaving room for that. So again, I don't want to try to make it like I'm trying to box him into a corner. Yeah. But I just didn't understand because he referenced Coltrane and all these people. Like, these people played... Their music, like the, the original music, like jazz music, the music that they're known for yeah. well into their later years. like this, And they had like, all their artistic phases. And, and yes. all of that. Evolutions yeah. and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just High don't marks, understand why. Low commercial sales. Yeah. But I and mean. He talked about rap being a young man's game or him being older. And I just don't, I just don't buy that. He yeah. might believe it, but I just don't believe in that idea as a mm. thing. Like no. it's it's such a young culture, and we're just getting to this point where these older guys can put out these records. Even guys like who are blowing up in their later thirties. Like, yeah. We're not just talking about like icons yeah. who've been rapping for thirty years. Like all these Griselda guys are almost forty. Mm-hmm. Conway is probably thirty seven, thirty eight, and Benny is probably thirty five, thirty six, and Westside Gun is probably my age, forty two, forty three. Like these are all like grown ass men who just achieved success in the last like. Three, four yeah. years. Five years for Five years yeah. tops. So, like, what is... I just don't understand that... Killer, con- Mike. Killer Mike. He I mean, he just got nominated for a Grammy for an album that is probably his seminal work for, you know, of all the albums he's put out. And he's rapped with Outkast. He has this long legacy. And this is the album that might really set him 
the be the cherry on top of his career. So this idea that I'm 48 and I have nothing to talk about, like, I know it was a joke, but like, yeah, nigga, rap about colonoscopies if that's the uh, case. Like, it's an easy say, joke to make. Like, it's an easy joke to make, but like, say something real that would be meaningful to people of your age. People yeah. of your age are still listening to music. They're still mm-hmm. taking in messaging. So I just didn't understand like why... I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. That no, I thought I, I thousand percent agree. And I'm glad you brought this up because I didn't see it go viral. Mm-hmm. But I know I feel like this is a point that Andre 3000 has held on to for a long time. Yeah. Probably ever since like the Stanconias, the speaker box level lows, like that time where he's looking to other genres as means of expression to like branch out of hip hop. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like, you know, the stuff with Idlewild or the drum and bass. He was always looking outward trying to figure out like, OK, how do I age beyond hip hop? So maybe that's Andre 3000 and his whole hangups. Because he also talks in that same interview, right, about how, like, with rap, when there's a beat, when there's a pocket, he holds this expectation to carry himself a certain way. Right. Whether that's with confidence, whether that's with braggadocia or whatever. Um, but I 1,000% agree. I don't know if this album necessarily, as much as um, I spoke earlier about, like, how this album opens up possibilities for like the hip hop generation to kind of do whatever they want. Does it do the same for hip hop necessarily? Like, no, because I think now if we're looking to an Andre 3000, there's still this idea of an expiration date or an age of retirement. Mm. And like, especially as we get older, I would like to think that this genre allows room for growth in all senses of the word. Yep. And I think there's got to be that room for possibility and all these type of emotions because I think we've heard all this stuff before. 100%. You know, especially with everything that Outkast like symbolizes for us as far as like opening up the possibilities for what hip hop could sound like coming out of the South and like how it can incorporate all these different like emotions, but also genre touch points. Mm -hmm. You would think that somebody who was at the epicenter of that could see a lifetime for the genre that can look to the jazz legends and see how they're able to age within their own genres by continually yes. finding in like innovation yes. with those parameters. Just very selfishly as like a hip hop fan, as much as I've looked more toward like the jazz and the spiritual jazzes as I've gotten older, there's also like a small kernel of mean that's like, I don't want to have to give up listening to a genre just because mm-hmm. Yeet's coming along, you and, know? And it, it, this is like, I just, I don't know. It just helped propagate this narrative that somehow hip hop is not a viable, legitimate genre. I mean, and I didn't, and that's, I think that's but, what it was that just rubbed me the wrong I, I way. I feel you. I think the only thing that I find complicated about what Andre is saying is that they talk about they had rapper prayer. At 16 years old, me and Big Boy used to just get down on our knees and pray to be good rappers. Like, you taking it that far, you love this. It's just, this matters to you on a, a deeper level. But also, there's probably things at 16 that you used to love, Ja, that you don't necessarily associate with. A thousand with percent. Anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A thousand percent. I, I don't think it's about hip-hop not being, like, hip-hop getting older. I think it's about him getting older and still trying to discover things about himself I personally feel like he thinks about hip hop almost as a crutch. That like mm-hmm. if I just stay here, I won't grow as a person. So how I'm am I supposed to? I'm sixteen. Yeah, forever. And that's what disturbs me though. Why? Because why does it? Why is? 
I guess there's this argument, right, of all music being black music, right? Whether yeah. you're talking about like Chuck Berry or even like back to like African music of the of of way, way, way back in the day of how these rhythms kind of gave birth to all of the music that exists right now. Facts. And I just I don't I guess I just don't understand why hip hop has to be so limiting. When it should be so freeing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I, and, got and you. I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't I, get it. I think it's celebrity. I think the idea of being okay. a famous rapper comes with a, a kernel of expectation mm-hmm. that I think he probably feel like at his age, that's a hard thing for him to carry. I think this is about an Andre thing. I don't think this is a hip hop thing. I think about who he is as a person and how he wants to express himself. Like I, I want him to rap. Like, and I, and I think I don't know if it's in the new interviews or in the old interview where he says that the features are based on people asking him, like, "Hey, I want an Andre feature." Giving so, a set of parameters. And it's almost like as a service now. Like, okay, I can rap if Christina asked me to rap, or I can rap if Ja asked me to rap. But if I had to get up and do this myself, just go to the studio for me, I think he's having a hard time. Like disassoci- disassociating like how old he's getting from the, the expression of the art. But that's what's crazy to me because there's no song, on, like okay, maybe he can't. Obviously, he can't do Southern playlists again, yeah. which is cool. Or even like a bombs over bag, like the 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 pockets that he's finding. The speed. but you telling me that you can't do Liberation in 2023? I, I, I really you wish can't. You, would. you can't do. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. In 2023, these aren't yeah. relevant topics. These aren't yeah. like you said. You have nothing to talk about. You have nothing to talk about, really. Like you can't do, but what if some the of flu, these topics, some of the what, stuff that what, y'all were talking what, about what at twenty six and twenty five, you can't talk about anymore at forty eight. But what if he's expressing through the flute deliberations? The, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Like well, he just found a new and, and voice that's fair for it. because he did mention the fact of like you know maybe I can say these things with an instrument that I'm not necessarily saying with words. And, and to I, that and to that point, I also wonder how much does he feel that he's afraid. Of sharing how he feels about things because he doesn't know how people will react. Like that's I, fair too. I wondered would he feel comfortable if he made an album that people hated, like a rap album. Like if he said what he wanted to say and we were like, "Why'd you say that?" Right. I think that's what Kendrick tried to do. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, and this is tangential, but like, I think Kendrick wanted us to hate. The Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> oh, it's a Pimp a Butterfly. I thought you were going to say, say damn. Mr. No. I thought you were going to say Mr. No, Morale. To me, to, to me, damn. Or, or maybe Mr. Morale, too. Or, or, we all had sure, a different for album. For sure, Mr. Morale. For sure, Mr. Morale, too. But, like, yeah. I don't think he wanted us to like... We'll stick with Mr. Morale. I don't think he wanted us to like that album. Probably not. I think that's fair. I, I think, to me, everything on that album screams... I'm your critical darling now. Yeah. See me. the ugliness. Cancel me. Fuck yeah. you. I'm gonna say all this shit. What are you gonna do about it? Mm. Like everything on that album yeah. screams because like it, it really is. You gave me a you gave me a Pulitzer? Oh nah. You're gonna regret that you're shit. You're gonna regret that shit <laughs> immediately. Y'all don't know. Like me. you don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. Like that like, like when I walked in this house, what I talked about, talk about the new houses that were up here. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And I talked about how the gentrification crowd probably doesn't understand like the neighborhood that they're actually in, what mm-hmm. what it was at one what point. What we have seen. What we have seen. What we know this neighborhood to be in to some degree. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what he wanted to do. So if Andre wants to do that, fine. Do that. Tell us all, fuck ourselves, and give us an album <laughs> full of shit that, and maybe this is that to him. Except like, he kind of did that yeah. during the Outcast reunion tour even. Remember when he turned his back? To the Coachella crowd? It was bad enough for Prince to call him. It, it, right. Yeah. It was bad enough for Prince to call him. Yeah. You're like, nigga, bro, you can't do this shit. Yeah. But he also came to Outcast at last for two straight nights and like fully engaged. And then when he did the Dungeon Family And then reunion, when the Dungeon Family, it was like and he And then was, everyone performed Liberation. Everyone did the whole entire squad. Did like, Grown men cried. I just don't understand why that is not like... You can't do that at 48. It's over. You can't do that anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. Man. I don't Again, know. I don't want to box a man and he can do whatever he wants to. I mean, he and he's didn't, like, oh, well, shit. He didn't say never. Right? No, he didn't say never. And I like the fact that, you know, whether it's totally true or just a troll, the fact that the first song, he gets it like really at the. He's like, I, I wanted swear, to, I swear, I swear to you, I, tried to do this. I wanted to do this I for y'all, to make a rap and I know what some of y'all were gonna say, but I just I'm, couldn't do it. I'm so mad at that song. Because, <laughs> I'm mad. This is my favorite song. It and is that's my favorite it, song, but that title is trolling as shit. No, 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 no. But like, I thought based on the title that the song. Well, at least like sound like it might be a rap. Beat. Have drums, right? Like, <laughs> like, 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 I just didn't know what to rap on this. This, right? No, so, no, that's no, not what it sounds a, like. No, it's not what it sounds. Every time like. I play the song, I was like, "This is the title for yeah. this song." Yeah. You swear you tried. Yeah. It kind of feels like because there's no lyrics on the project. All the twenty-word song titles are that's the lyrics. Bars. Yes, those yeah. are the bars. We're not getting yeah. in the song. Yes. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe oh, I do like the one about the ants. Cause I want yeah, to I like do, the one too. Yeah, like there's, they're kind of clever. Yeah, no, th- there's things there that I, and I think both of you have said this, and I think that's kind of what a lot of people will take away from it, and some people will mock this as like, get the fuck out of here. But I think a lot of this album is about the idea of doing it, not necessarily like yeah. the execution of it, or mm-hmm. whether or not you like or dislike the music. It's the, yeah. it's, it's an ideal to reflect on and to the point that Mike made about the antidote, like, let's let this black man be creative and just let it be that. And don't try to, like, project onto it your own fandom or your own preferences or your own shit. Just let it be what it is. And, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't begrudge this album. I'm not angry at Andre for doing this. Um, Again, for me, it will probably be functional in spaces and places. But I do respect the idea of it. And I think sometimes that's, that's all enough. that matters. Do, that's enough. Do, that's, that's do you enough. have any intentions of picking up a flute? Absolutely not. No. no. However, I would buy a flute from the guy that makes Andre's flute just to have it as like an art piece. Yeah. <laughs> I would get okay. like a sexy flute We're talking. Basics get samurai swords. We're going to have flutes the, on the, our walls. That's what I'm saying. If I, needed a, if I needed a Hattori Hanzu type of flute from the guy who makes Anche's flute, like I would definitely do that. And I don't know if he hits people over the head now. Like, did a price oh, go up? Uh, Was yesterday's price not today's price? Not because today's now price. you have like Mm-mm. Andre touting the, the quality and, and, and prolificness of He's getting flutes. love on Instagram. So you can tell the 
you know if something's gonna change in this something's man's gonna life. change so like but I would I would definitely get a flute to to um to have as an art piece in to the commemorate crib, sure. this yeah moment. to commemorate this thing yeah absolutely I'm getting a flute too <laughs> I think we all gotta get flutes now this like this I just new can't wait. not the recorders not not no, recorder no, no, yeah no, yeah no, it's no, legitimate no. flutes let's let's get down guys let's really let's really do it let's really get down I really can you imagine the next episode of the something say podcast is us just like blowing wind no words no Oh, that would be hilarious. That, is, that, that would be the new podcasting. That would like, be hilarious. No more opinions, just flute. And listen, flutes are the new true religion genes. <laughs> this is where we at now. The culture is shifting. And flutes are the new Air Force Ones. Flutes are the new Jordans. Yo, like, I'm telling you, I, I give it six months. You're going to see guys just walking around with flutes. Yo, if I see people in the club with flutes, if I see videos of people getting bottle service and playing the flute, or trying to play the flute live, like in the club, like with the song, then I'll know that Andre is really, really the GOAT, and it'll be yeah. over. Like, it won't it'll be nothing to talk about. Because he like, is still one of the most popular rappers. Ever. Alive. Alive. Period. Oh, ever, period. Yeah, in yeah, the world, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 in the world. So, like, for him to have such a kind of like anti-rap album... With a tool that we all can recognize, yeah. Who knows the influence that's about to? Maybe, maybe there is no influence. Maybe we collectively just keep pushing. But I just, I, I don't think culture works like that. I think one person does something, it breaks ground, and now we gotta watch everyone else follow behind. It'll be the prototype. This is the Something to Say podcast.